Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning. Hi, beloved family. How are you? Good to be with you. It is, um, you know, every day that I read the crazy news going on and and warnings about what may be coming upon us soon, um, I'm just so grateful for every moment we have and every day we have. And you could say, well, Mother, that sounds a little drastic. Well, uh, it's maybe drastic, but it's. I think it's just... I think it's just reality. I think it's true. And I I, uh, ventured yesterday to say things that I have not said before uh, in the way of that we need to get our lives together. We need to go to confession. We need to make sure that all our unconfessed sins are confessed. Uh, It's a good idea if you've not had a general confession to do that. Um, Now... Within the next week or so, I would say, at least I've been told that, to have three months food and water ready before October begins. Um, What else? Um, To get your lives in order and your family in order. Now, I know that may sound... uh, uh, I don't know, unreal or, or irresponsible to some people who don't believe it or who don't think I should say anything. But I said yesterday, if you see a truck coming uh, and somebody's crossing the street, you may be delusional. A uh, truck may not be coming. It may be standing. It may be, it may, maybe it's not moving, but your impression is that it's moving and someone's going to get hit. Um, you're going to tell that person to get out of the way so they don't get hit by the truck. And so um, the worst thing that could happen is that the truck is not moving and the person would be safe anyway. So I feel that way now. I think what's coming upon us is so great um, and is truly um, uh, part of a great chastisement, uh, but also the greatest mercy God can give us is the warning, the illumination of conscience to show us all of our sins. And it is said of that, that um, it for some people whose sins are confessed well, uh, it'll be no problem. For others, they'll be shocked at what they are shown of their sins and will have the opportunity to repent. And for some who are really turned from God and will not repent, the shock of it might truly kill them. So um, it's serious. And I have not been speaking about it, but I've been getting emails, uh, very few on the program, but uh, in person, uh, email and phone calls, and and I think it's time to say something. So I finally said it yesterday. And um, I also mentioned that all that's being said is in, um, uh, I, I referred you to a countdown to the kingdom, the website to Father Michelle Rodrigue and others. Um, are they approved by the church? They are not. Um, this is fairly recent. 
and the church normally does not approve things while they're in process. Um, but the messages are consistent, as they point out, with Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of La Salette, Our Lady of Good Success, Our Lady of Akita, um, Our Lady of Knock, um, and I and others. And so um, uh, are all approved. The apparitions and Our Lady's messages have all been approved. It's just a matter of putting them together, and many of them repeat. Um, and knowing that the time is upon us. I believe it is, and I think we need to do serious steps, to take serious steps um, to be right before God and to be ready. And people are saying, well, how do we get the message out? How come uh, we're not hearing about this? And so um, I, I, my, my answer would be, well, people are just afraid. They're afraid to be taken as uh, in extreme or not to be trusted or not to be listened to anymore. I mentioned to you when I sent out a, an email on the warning it was an email uh, done by Christine Watkins, and I, I lost uh, several supporters we did, and it got a lot of uh, criticism for that. Um, and it, and I, it was, I think it had more to do with Christine Watkins than the message itself, um, but um, Christine Watkins is backed up in her message by many. So um, for the first time yesterday... I saw an article on Church Militant, um, and the title is Prelates Warn of End Times. Prelates Warn of End Times. And I looked at it and I said, no kidding. The bishops are beginning to speak out. My goodness, because if this is real and it's coming upon us soon and the evil of the world cannot get much better, and our Lord said that uh, he'll return. It'll be as in the days of Noah, where the faith had been lost and people were reveling and getting drunk and saying, you know, what flood? And I think we're past that evil today. It's amazing. Um, I don't know how much longer our Lord could put up with such evil in the world. Um, his mercies indeed are new every morning, but to allow the amount of evil that we are facing to continue is is um, is will destroy the world, and I think God would rather destroy it first, and have a remnant build a new world and a new church. Um, God doesn't want a remnant; He wants every soul saved. But at the moment, it looks like it's a remnant, uh, which is one of the reasons for the warning, which is a great, great act of mercy on God's part, the illumination of conscience, the greatest act of mercy he can give us. Maybe we'll be shocked, maybe we'll faint, maybe we'll, but the opportunity given us to repent while there's still time, and there's not much time, I think, but while there's still time for us to repent is the greatest mercy he can give us. So um, let me read this article from Church Militant titled Prelates Warn of End Times. And the subtitle is Bishop Thomas Tobin. Uh, he's the Bishop of Providence, Rhode Island. He's a good bishop. Um, and his message is return to God just in case. <laughs> just in case this is true. And um, uh, the, the article reads this. Um, Yet another bishop is warning that the proverbial end times may be near. Now, Bishop Tobin is by no means alone in this. Um, 
and the article from Church Militant, um, uh, written by Bradley Eli, says Bishop Thomas Tobin of Providence, Rhode Island, is telling sinful mankind to read the signs of the times. Now, this is not some uh, prophet that you've never heard of. This is a bishop, a successor of the apostles, is telling sinful mankind to read the signs of the times and then to get their spiritual affair, affairs in order. On th- Thursday, Bishop Tobin suggested, um, uh, I think I skipped a page. No, I didn't. What happened? I'm so sorry. Hold on a moment. Um Okay, I think a a strange page got inside here. My apology. On Thursday, Bishop Tobin um, suggested um, in an article, my goodness, I think we're missing something. Well, in any case, he's quoting here, but I'm not sure who he's quoting. I, I think I got a couple of pages got mixed up. Um, okay. Pointed out the inclusion. Huh. I'm so sorry. I printed out so many things, many to read to you that I, um, it looks like I may have gotten a little mixed up on this. Um, hold on. I'm so sorry for that, beloved. I do this, I've done this to you a couple of days in a row. Um, hmm. uh, okay. No, uh, look at this. I'm so sorry, my dear ones. But um, I read the whole thing and now I have it all mixed up. Oh, dear. I need a secretary. What can I tell you? I need someone to keep me straight. But if you go to church... Mil- oh, here it is. Um, on Thursday, Bishop Tobin suggested in, an, in a... Uh, hmm? I don't know. Um... I'm going to read this to you. It's it's truly all mixed up. I'm so sorry about that. But um, he's quoted in this article so many, um, so many different people. I guess a couple of pages got mixed up. I'm so sorry. There's the music for our first break. Well, it hasn't been a very informative first quarter of the program. I apologize to you. I printed this out yesterday and had it all ready for you and somehow the pages were out of order. My apologies, dear one. Um, maybe um, maybe one of our little demons was in this and doesn't want you to know all that's happening in the end times. We'll be right back and I will put this in order during the break. Uh, dear beloved, uh, you're welcome to call in at anything on your heart at any time. Toll free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. Say a call in during the break if you wish, and say a little prayer that my guardian angel will help me put this article in order. We'll be right back. Don't go away. 
LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. of the Holy Spirit brought to you by the Station of the Cross. The Catechism of the Catholic Church speaks of wisdom as a spiritual gift which enables one to know the purpose and plan of God. Is my vocation marriage or religious life? Should I continue in my long-standing job or try something new? The gift of wisdom will aid you in discerning God's holy will for your life. The developing systems of a human baby are more or less complete by eight weeks of pregnancy, but will require another seven months inside his mother before he is ready to emerge. During that seven months, his weight will multiply up to a thousand times, and all of his systems get to practice working in unison. Human life is sacred. Think about it. Coalitionforlife.com Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved family. I looked up the article online from Church Militant uh, titled Prelates Warn of End Times. It was yesterday's article, and um, I was only missing one little piece, which is why it didn't come together. I'm going to read it to you directly from the article from the website of churchmilitant.com, and it... um, It begins this way, yet another bishop is warning that the proverbial end times may be near. Bishop Thomas Tobin of Providence, Rhode Island, is telling sinful mankind to read the signs of the times and then to get their spiritual affairs in order. On Thursday, Bishop Tobin suggested... um, in a tweet that several natural and man-made disasters may be signs of the end times. He then advises, we'd better return to God now, just in case. And he, um, his exact quote is, I do not subscribe to dire forecasts of the end times, but with horrible wildfires out west, tropical storms in the ocean, widespread drought, a global pandemic, political division, and anger in the streets, one has to wonder. We'd better return to God now, just in case. 
And the article goes on to say, <clears throat> Bishop Tobin is but the latest prelate to weigh in on the end times scenario. As early as 1946, Archbishop Fulton Sheen was speaking of an ap- apocalyptic crisis fast approaching the Catholic Church. Bishop Archbishop Sheen predicted the devil would attempt to counterfeit the church. Quote from Archbishop Sheen. He will deceive even the elect, and that's what our scriptures say, beloved. He will deceive even the elect. He will set up a counter church, which will be the ape of the church, because he, the devil, is the ape of God. It will be the mystical body of the Antichrist that will, in all externals, resemble the church as the mystical body of Christ, end quote. The Church Militant article goes on to say, instead of looking to natural disasters as a sign of impending doom, prelates are keying in on the developing church crisis as a bellwether that seemingly lends credence to Bishop Tobin's insights. Catholics who think this is an over-the-top discussion may be surprised to learn that this eschatological topic is covered in the Church's official catechism of the Catholic Church, and um, the Archbishop of uh, Utrecht, Netherlands, pointed out the inclusion of this apocalyptic topic in the Catechism with a letter he penned in May 2018, which was featured in the National Catholic Register. In the letter, Cardinal William Eich hard for me to pronounce these, I-E-I-J-K, lamented the then failure by Pope Francis of forbidding German bishops from distributing Holy Communion to Protestants. He likewise warned of cardinals who publicly propose to bless homosexual relationships. Ike, uh, Archbishop uh, Cardinal Ike, um, or Ilk, perhaps, said that the allowance of widespread attacks on the deposit of faith contained in sacred tradition and sacred scripture make him believe the church is nearing her ultimate trial involving a worldwide loss of faith. Cardinal Ilk, um, or Ike, I'm not sure, Cardinal Ike noted this final trial leading to mass apostasy is outlined in Article 675 of the Catechism. He quotes this section as follows, quote, Before Christ's second coming, the Church must pass through a final trial that will shake the faith of many believers. The persecution that accompanies her pilgrimage on earth will unveil the mystery of iniquity in the form of a religious deception, offering men an apparent solution to their problems at the price of apostasy from the church. If that doesn't describe today's times, what on earth does? The article continues, a U.S. prelate also spoke of an impending apostasy when viewing the plight of Catholics in China's underground Catholic Church, as well as those Catholics who are struggling to keep the Catholic faith in the Amazonian region. In July of 2019, Bishop Joseph Strickland of Tyler, Texas, took church leaders to task for their questionable role in both regions. Quote from Bishop Strickland, China and Amazon, uh, 
Amazonian are half a world apart, but the Vatican seems to have both regions on the same path to apostasy. That's a quote from Bishop Strickland. The Catechism in Article 675 references Antichrist while citing 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, in which St. Paul identifies the man of sin who comes in the wake of a great revolt from Catholic teaching and practice. Article 677 of the Catechism further, further speaks of a great persecution accompanying this widespread revolt from the faith. Quote, the church will enter the glory of the kingdom only through this final Passover when she will follow her Lord in his death and resurrection. End quote. I'm going to continue to read this article. It's very good. And uh, Church Milton has put together good quotes, good prelates, good resources. And they're only putting together what has been said in the church for years. This section of the catechism concludes, quote, God's triumph over the revolt of evil will take the form of the last judgment after the final cosmic upheaval of this passing world. End quote. Another prelate to speak of this final conflict with the church was whistleblower Archbishop Cardinal uh, Carl um, uh, Maria Vigano, while he was still the papal nuncio to the United States. Pope Francis shocked uh, Cardinal Vigano in June 2013 by waving off massive sex abuse allegations against former Cardinal Theodore McCarrick. In November of that year, Cardinal Vigano addressed the United States bishops at their fall General Assembly with words that seemed to echo Archbishop Sheen's warning from decades earlier. Cardinal Vigano, then Nuncio, quoted a 1976 address given by Pope John Paul II to the U.S. bishops shortly before his election to the papacy from John Paul II, just before he became Pope, and uh, Cardinal Vigano stated, quote, we are now standing, <clears throat> this is a, a quote from John Paul II, while he was yet Carol Voitia, we are now standing in the face of the greatest historical confrontation humanity has ever experienced. I do not think that the wide circle of the American society or the whole wide circle of the Christian community realize this fully. We are now, excuse me, <clears throat> we are now facing the final confrontation between the church and the anti-church, between the gospel and the anti-gospel, between Christ and the antichrist. The confrontation lies with the plans of divine providence. It is, therefore, in God's plan, and it must be a trial which the church must take up and face courageously, end quote. Among the various prelates who also have looked on the confusion within the church as a sign that the end times are drawing nigh is Cardinal Raymond Burke, former head of the Vatican's highest court, during a 2017 interview with the Catholic Herald, Cardinal Burke diagnosed the violence in the world and the confusion among church leaders as apocalyptic. And he quotes, 
In that sense, one may have the feeling that the church gives the appearance of being unwilling to obey the mandates of our Lord, he said, adding, then perhaps we have arrived at the end time. You see, that the appearance, um, uh, the feeling that the church gives the appearance of being unwilling to obey the mandates of the law of our Lord. I think Cardinal Burke put it that way because uh, to say absolutely would be uh, to passing an absolute judgment. But um, uh, but he said, if that appears to us at least, then perhaps we've arrived at the end times. Cardinal Burke was expounding on comments he made at a Fatima conference in July. July of 2017. There he recounted a young priest asking him, Cardinal, do you think that we are in the end times? This is three years ago. I did not hesitate to respond, Cardinal said. It may be so. So if you'd like to reread that article, beloved, go to uh, churchmilitant.com and the title is Prelates Warn of End Times. I think it's upon us, beloved. I think... um, we are going to see horrific things and experience them. Uh, horrific, um, even life-threatening and dangerous things between now and the end of the year. Uh, some may not live till the end of the year. I know I'm saying very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, um, uh, they could uh, they could trigger uh, lots of Uh, concern and gossip and all that but I don't believe that I don't think it's gossip I think it's upon us and it's upon us individually you say what do we do well we certainly should tell our families well they'll think we're nuts they'll think we're crazy well let them think that but again you can tell them a truck is coming Uh, don't cross the street there's a truck rounding the corner and they don't see it and they think you're crazy Uh, you're always reacting uh, but again, you, you cannot not tell them. Um, if there's a, um, if you're in a building and you're in a particular room and there's only one door and the room gets on fire and people are panicking, what do they do? And you're shouting this way out because you know where the door is, even through the smoke, and they, they don't believe you. There's got to be another way out. Um, you you cannot hold back from telling them you must and i i think the parallel is today beloved we must give the gospel out we must help people know the truth and return to the church return to god and repent while there is still time and how long do we have i don't know i don't know that we'll have till we go to sleep tonight but i think the next month is going to be extremely crucial for repentance, getting our lives together, getting our family together, and preparing, again, three months of food and water. If we don't need it, well, blessed be God, we'll have that food and water which we'll consume anyway. But I think we need to, um, uh, we need to totally repent and turn our lives around and uh, live as if our faith is true. Nothing's being said that hasn't been said by approved apparitions and by the scriptures of the church. 
Um, there's our music, beloved. Call in with anything on your heart, toll free. one We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustained Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations, thank you for helping to save the culture. 30 Seconds on the Gifts of the Holy Spirit brought to you by the Station of the Cross. The gift of wisdom helps us discern God's holy will for our lives. In the book of wisdom, God tells us resplendent and unfading is wisdom, and she is readily perceived by those who love her and found by those who seek her. For taking thought of her is the perfection of prudence, and he who for her sake keeps vigil shall quickly be free from care. Fertilization is the beginning of human development. During fertilization, a father's and a mother's chromosomes combine to form the first cell in the human body. During fertilization, everything from gender to hair color is already determined. You were once a single cell in your mother's womb. Human life is sacred. Think about it. Coalitionforlife.com Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our entire half hour together and you are welcome to call in or email uh, with anything on your heart including text um, we take your calls and and everything in, in the including emails in the order that they come in and I'll give out the toll-free number once again it's one 877 or email at mother at com. and we have Frank on the line from Florida hello dear brother Good morning, Mother. Um, my, my question is, um, you know, I've done a lot of reading uh, on, on Fatima. In fact, you know, there's a new movie coming out uh, on Fatima uh, this week. I uh, saw but, that. I saw the, uh, the uh, um, some kind of notice on that. I don't know how it will differ from the films we already have, but that's very good. Yes, yes, Mother. I, you know, the question that I have you know, in my reading and studying and so forth is, has the consecration to Russia, has it ever been done? And if it hasn't, why not? I know. Uh, That's the good question. Um, There are different opinions on that. Um, 
I believe from those I've heard, uh, bishops, that it has not been done. Uh, John Paul II consecrated the entire world um, to Our Lady, but Russia was not mentioned, and it was never done in union with the bishops of the world, which is what Our Lady asked. So it seems to me, I'm not the judge of anything, but I, I... uh, agree or side with or what makes sense to me is that uh, that the consecration to Russia has not been done and uh, the, the, the message from Our Lady was uh, if Russia is consecrated to me um, then the world will be saved if not she's going to spread her errors all over the world which of course she has um, I cannot answer why not I do not know that Frank um, there are probably multiple reasons for many, uh, but I, I cannot tell you why not. I don't know if the enemy is part of silencing that message or not giving the popes uh, the, the uh, courage to do it. Pope Francis can still do it, but he must do it in union with the bishops of the world. So um, it's very puzzling why an instruction of Our Lady has not been followed out, or why anyone would take that lightly and think that consecrating the whole world uh, fulfills the message of consecrating Russia. So it, it's a puzzle. It's a puzzle, but God in his providence has allowed that to happen. So I, I can't answer you more than that, dear Frank. Uh, many thousands are waiting for that consecration to be done. Well, well, thank you, Mother. I, you know, I just want to uh, follow up one other question I have, if I can. Sure, sure. And that is that, you know, this idea of uh, turning back to God, you know, I think that this is going to take a concerted effort uh, by the bishops to publicly do things, okay? And I was thinking that, you know, one thing that would really be good is if they would refuse so-called Catholic politicians the sacred Eucharist. That would make a loud and clear message to these people, and that would be one big thing about turning back to God. I don't know what you think about that. Well, I agree with you because it means the bishops themselves will be turning back from God. That's canon law, 915. That's canon law, that no... Um, no one who supports abortion uh, or who supports anything that would be considered a mortal sin, uh, who calls himself Catholic, can receive the Eucharist. The bishops who give uh, so-called Catholic politicians who support abortion and other evils uh, the Eucharist they personally have to turn back from to God. And when the warning comes that's upon us, uh, they may be very shocked um, at what will come upon them, not only for their sacrilege, but for their leading millions of sheep astray, including the wayward Catholic to whom they give the Eucharist. So you're very, very right, uh, Frank. Uh, the bishops, if the bishops came back to God first, are there bishops that have not strayed from God? Of course. Are there bishops who will not give um, uh, wayward Catholic politicians the Eucharist? There are, but they are, they are few. Um, most will not... Uh, 
turn from that. So um, you're right. It, it, the bishops need to lead the way. But, Frank, I, I'm going to say to you and everybody, I would not... We need to pray for our bishops that they would be saved, that they would turn back from God, many, to God, many of them who have been uh, cowards in living out their faith. And when someone is cowardly, it's very difficult to say what we believe because how we live is what we believe. Um, the uh, Apostle John wrote in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, those who believe will be saved, verse 36, those who do not obey will not be saved, but the wrath of God will come upon them. And in that verse, in the original Greek, the, the word believe and obey are the same exact Greek word, transferred, believe and obey. It's the same thing. To say you believe and to not obey is to deny, to deny the faith. You don't believe. You're, you're fooling yourself. And so um, bishops who say they believe and yet they act sinfully, they act against the church, they desecrate the sacrament by giving the Blessed Eucharist to uh, politicians who uh, deny the teachings of the faith they claim to have Um, those bishops are in for, uh, I think, a a great, horrible day when they meet our Lord, unless they do repent. So, Frank, I took a long, long way around to say, we beg the bishops to, to lead us as sheep, millions and millions of sheep, beg the bishops to lead the way. But you must not wait for the bishops to lead the way because you might lose your soul in the meantime. If the bishops don't, you uh, cannot stand before God and say our bishop didn't teach us or our bishop let us live together before we were married. You will not be in heaven. The bishop will be accountable to God for what he has done and failed to do, but we are responsible for our lives. So uh, we beg the bishops to lead the way in holiness, in repentance. We beg that. Um, we beg bishops to come forward and um, uh, on behalf of bishops uh, s- uh, repent publicly for their silence, for their cowardice. Those who have not done wrong have done wrong by their silence. And so we beg them to do that. Be an example of the faith and of courage to the sheep. But I I say, Frank, the sheep cannot have an excuse uh, of waiting for those bishops to come around. Thank you so much, Mother, for your answers. Uh, I really appreciate it. So uh, God bless. God bless you, Frank. Continue your good work. Thank you, dear one. God bless you. We have a call from Darlene in, in Indiana. Hello, Darlene. Hello, Mother. I am... Um I'm I'm a little bit confused. Um, Only a little bit. We're all a lot confused in these days. <laughs> Go ahead, sweetie. Well, but re- reading scripture and listening to what you're saying, um, it, it seems to me. For one thing, I've never seen anything in scripture where Jesus tells us, or even any of the rest of the New Testament, where anybody tells us to stockpile things. Mm-hmm. So, can you kind of help me with that? I just feel um that doesn't feel right to me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's a good point darlene uh does that mean that we don't trust god not no it doesn't mean that but um 
I'm trying to think of anywhere in Scripture where it tells a father of the family as head of the family that uh, there's nothing wrong with saving money, let's just say, for their children's college or education, or saving money for a vacation, or... um, uh, I'll tell you, uh, the, a great example of stockpiling, so to speak, is uh, Joseph in Genesis. Um, he did that. Uh, he did that. He stockpiled. Uh, they had so much abundance of, of, um, of fruit and vegetables and grain yeah, and so I forth that. that they did. He, he, he filled storehouses with it. And the fruit of that was that when, um, as you know, his brothers, uh, his father, and so forth, when they had a great, great famine um, in Egypt, they were able to come to Joseph. And during the famine, he had enough food stockpiled that he could feed the entire nation. So there's an example of wisdom um, to stockpile. And again, if we're warned that um, we're not going to be able to go to the stores. And we know from the coronavirus that, you know, toilet paper was the first thing off the shelves, that kind of thing. Uh, It may have been excessive, but uh, it makes sense that if uh, if we just are stockpilers in case things happen, isn't that a good thing? Uh, We are not to live with abundance. We all live... Uh, the vows, not the vows, but we all live poverty, chastity, and obedience, all of us as Christians, but not as radically as religious do or priests who take vows, but all of us are to live that. So there's nothing wrong with having much, but having excess that we don't need uh, should be given to the poor. That would be wrong to stockpile that, to have excess to buy a second car at a certain point because it's needed for whatever reasons, it's not wrong. Uh, So when we're told that we need three months of food um, uh, by fairly good sources and approved apparitions and all of that, um, we think it's simply wise to have three three months of food and then... um, and be prepared for that. That's wisdom. Now, if nothing comes upon us and that's not needed, uh, give it to the poor. Give it out sure. to the poor. If you can continue to buy food, give it out to the poor. So stockpiling is, um, um, it, it, it doesn't apply to wisdom and to protection of life. It, it applies to um, people that may have a, um, untrusting personality, they're afraid of tomorrow, or they're selfish, or they've got a certain problem, and their house is filled with things while their neighbor has no food. That that would be wrong. Okay, well, that, that, that does help explain that, and I appreciate that. I have another question, though. Sure, go about, ahead. Um, about the Gospel of Luke. In, in Gospel of Luke... Um, in verse eight, it in what us, chapter? Um, in ch- I'm sorry, tw- uh, ch- chapter twenty-one in ch- verse eight. It okay. tells us, "See that you not be deceived. Many coming in my name, saying I'm He, and the time has come. Do not follow them." Yeah. And I'm wondering, 
the you know with especially the ver- the the part of the verse that says the time has come. Um, I, I'm I'm ju- I just my question is, mm-hmm. can we Go even ahead. trust apparitions? Good. Okay, even that's trust, a- even bishops and apparitions who are saying the time may have come. Very good. Okay, that's a perfect question. Um, We all should be asking that question so that we're not led astray. That's what our Lord is warning us, because there have been many people who have come and said, I am the Messiah. He's talking to uh, Christians in the first century, and there were many false messiahs that rose up in that day. Um, uh, Hang on a minute, because there's the music for our break. Can you hold on to it until after the break, Darlene? Yes, Are I you can. there? Okay, that's great. We'll be right yes, back. I Don't am. go away. All right. And everybody else, feel free to call in during the break. one 877 We'll be right back. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Beloved, this is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live, to let you know that there is a magnificent array of programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, such as Stand Out for Life with Jim Havens and Father Imbarato. They pray for and discuss the pro-life movement each Saturday morning live at 9 a.m. Eastern. You can also listen to Stand Out for Life anytime as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. 30 Seconds on the Gifts of the Holy Spirit, brought to you by the Station of the Cross. The gift of understanding helps our minds to comprehend religious and natural truths. This is why discussions with unbelievers don't always end in conversion. It's true, they may see your point and still choose to act differently, but many times they do not have the gift of understanding. Be patient. Thank God for the gift of understanding and pray for others to receive that gift as well. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved. This is our last segment of Mother Miriam Live. We have a good 10 minutes or more, and you're welcome to call in again, toll-free, with anything on your heart, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Uh, we're on the line with Darlene in Indiana, and um, Darlene... Um, uh, you're asking a question on Luke uh, chapter 21, verse 8. Uh, I've already gone there. Let me read it. Um, verse 8 said, um, our Lord said, take heed that you are not led astray. We may have a different translation. For many will come in my name saying, I am he, and the time is at hand. Do not go after them. In that context... Our Lord, again, speaking 2,000 years ago to the disciples while he was still on earth, was uh, foretelling the destruction of the temple and then of Jerusalem. And so uh, because it begins in verse 5, as some spoke of the temple, how it was adorned with noble stones and offerings, Jesus said, as for these things which you see, the days will come when there shall not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And they say, when will these things take place, right? So to begin with, he's talking the destruction of the temple. However, that whole chapter is very important because he goes on to say the signs and persecutions that are going to happen uh, prior to that destruction of the temple and Jerusalem. And, um, and he says, when you see further down, I'm just skipping a lot of verses. They're all, it's the whole Mm -hmm. subject of the chapter. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, know that the desolation has come near and let those in Judah flee to the mountains, all of that. And this is, specifically the destruction of Jerusalem. However, he goes on to speak about the coming of the Son of Man, and he says, uh, and he is the Son of Man, but now he's talking about the coming of the Son of Man. He's still with them, so he's going to die, he's going to rise from the grave, and he's going to return, and we're waiting for his return, and he gives us many Um, portions of scripture where he speaks of that return and here in verse 25 of Luke 21 he says there will be signs in sun and moon and stars and upon the earth distress of nations in perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves and we can attribute all that to our day but you could attribute much of it to days gone by as well and maybe days to come he said men fainting with fear with foreboding of what is coming on the world the powers of the heavens will be shaken and then they will see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and great glory now when these things begin to take place the beginning of birth pangs it's birth pangs it says in another area um, look up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near now he's not talking about their redemption uh, and the destruction of Jerusalem, but the coming of the Son of Man, which will come. And he said right. to the Pharisees, how do you, you know, how do you um, look up and and see the sky is red and know what the weather's going to be tomorrow, but you don't understand the signs of the times? So there have been many portions through history where God has given signs to fulfill his words. But he says um, here... Uh, take to you heed to yourself, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life, that the day 
that day come upon you suddenly like a snare, just as it did upon the people of Noah's day. I added that last phrase. For it will come upon all who dwell upon the face of the whole earth, but watch at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. So, uh, Darlene, um, there's much to understand in Scripture, as you know. Many of the Old Testament prophecies had a, a present as well as a future fulfillment. And Peter writes that many of the prophets of the Old Testament longed to look into the future to see the things that we now are beginning to understand. So um, we do uh, both. Beware of false prophets, and there are many false prophets out there. In the second, I begin to question what somebody says or it doesn't ring true with the gospel or the teaching of the church i dismiss it i never look at them again but when i find increasing messages that though the messages by these uh we could say so-called modern day prophets we don't know um but when they're based on what is approved such as what i'm speaking about uh, on Countdown to the Kingdom or Father Michelle Rodrigue. Um, it's all, he's quoting all the approved apparitions, all of them, and uh, showing what is coming upon us and how it all fits. Now, we don't, it could be another 2,000 years before our Lord returns. It, it sure could be, but uh, I don't think harm will come to us from um, not being frightened by everything or by anything, but our Lord has always exhorted us to discern the signs of the times. So we don't do wrong when we do that. And when we see anything that goes against Scripture or church teaching, we abandon it completely. But especially when these are based on, again, our ladies' messages, which are always consistent with one another, then I think we can at least begin to... Uh, take them uh, with a little more than a grain of salt. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you so much for that thorough explanation. I appreciate that. Okay. And and God bless you in your ministry. Thank you. Thank you, dear darling. God bless you, too. Um, Now, I'm, oh, dear, my goodness, Ruth, um, I told you you would be the first email I took today. But uh, because your email is long and it deserves uh, a good answer and I couldn't finish it yesterday, but we have um, two minutes left to the program and I'll only be able to get through reading it. I won't be able to answer it again. So forgive me, dear one, but I'm keeping it and we'll get to it tomorrow. God willing. Um, Let me see now. I'm looking for a shorter email. Here's one from Roland. He says, Dear Mother Miriam, uh, in the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel, we pray to ask him to cast into hell Satan and the other evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. I'm curious about this since the devil is free to roam the earth like a lion looking for souls to devour. Even if St. Michael were to cast him into hell, wouldn't he just come right back? What's to keep him in hell? I'm a little confused about this, Roland. I don't blame you, Roland. But yes, it was St. Michael who first cast uh, Satan out of hell 
first, before the earth was even created, um, and created hell for the God created hell for Saint Michael and those third of the angels who became demons who followed him. Yes, Michael has the power to cast Satan into hell, so that we continue to ask him for his protection without question. But he will not remain in hell until it's God's time. So I could say somebody is really um, threatening me or bothering me and we can get a restraining order and keep him away, but that doesn't mean he's not going to return at a future time. So I guess that's what it is. Uh, Certain restraints on Satan during this time. But um, he won't be... uh, uh, cast into hell uh, eternally until um, until the end, till the end time when God does that. So uh, whether he does it through St. Michael or not, but we pray that because we know that that was the beginning of uh, St. Michael's mission with the devil and it's his end. So we're saying cast him into hell. Um, and it, it really is saying at the same time, put an end, protect us, but put an end to evil. And uh, that's, that's coming, and that's his mission. So we continue to pray for that. Um, and we trust the protection of St. Michael um, on those who really belong to God. God bless you, beloved, and we'll speak with you tomorrow.